When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Post-Gazette Baseball Roundtable YouTube show podcast. Something like that. Whatever we're going to call it. I'm Jason Mackey on the other end of the line. Obviously, Andrew Destin. Andrew had the distinct misfortune, I guess you could say, of spending the weekend in Miami, Florida, a place that I hope that I never go again, and probably a place that Andrew hopes he never goes again after we learn a little bit about what he saw in this series, learn a little bit about his... um, travel woes that I know about and y'all don't. Um, but Andrew, I want to start with what you saw in Miami. I watched three of the four games on television, which it was probably three too many. Yeah. Um, I saw some really good starting pitching. I saw some abysmal offense. I have some questions about what the heck they're doing, why they're doing it and who they're doing it with, but you covered the series. You were in and out of that clubhouse. What, what did you sort of notice from Lone Depot park? Um, a really happy group on Friday and all the other three days, just absolute disarray, despair, whatever you want to call it in the clubhouse, just, you know, somber groups. And in terms of the product on the field, I mean, you touched on a little bit of it right there, right? It was hitting was few and far between doing so against starting pitching was essentially non-existent. You got two runs off Braxton Garrett, the first game, and then 18 scoreless innings against starting pitching the next three games. I, I get it. The Marlins have a lot of really good starters, but I mean, just not often. that good. <laughs> not that good. Nobody's that good, <laughs> especially oh. if you're a team that pretend or not pretends, but like is or has been in contention for most of the season, and now has really. It felt to me like walking out of the clubhouse on Sunday. It was like this feels different than any of the other series-ending losses mm-hmm. or end of a sweep or anything like that earlier this year. This felt like one of like you look in the mirror and go, what do you do? Because this is the group. You've called up a couple of guys already from AAA and Davis and Gonzalez. You've got him up there for the majority of that series. It just felt like there was kind of like guys looking for answers and not really knowing what they are just because, I mean, look at those performances. How do you take away anything from that series other than, wow, we're wasting a lot of really good starting pitching. (laughs) And they got that. They certainly got that. It's the definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. Like the stat that that drives it home for me, man, is like Hedges, Castro, Sawinski, Bay. And you use this and it's been all over the Internet. Like it depends on where you want to set the marking point. You know, I think the furthest out I saw it is one for 101. That can't happen. That just can't. Um I can understand a lot of things inside the arguments where like Jack Sawinski was really good not long ago. He's what, over 29 cents. I can understand Rodolfo Castro has some power. You want to see what he's got. 
G1 Bay can run. You want to take advantage of his legs. Austin Hedges can be a decent defender. Okay, whatever. You can't roll out one for 101 and expect to win games. You just can't. And one of the things that was baffling to me, Andrew, and like at this point, as we sit here and record at about 20 to 11 on Tuesday morning, and a clubhouse is going to open at 3 o'clock at PNC Park, I know nothing of a possible promotion of any minor league players. I know nothing of a coach being dismissed, which if they were doing either one of those things, I would think I'd probably know it by now. And that's baffling to me. I understand you're in the middle of a season. That's a tough change to make with a hitting coach. What the heck are you clinging to at this point? And it's nothing personal against Andy Haynes. It's just, you know, the, the results aren't there. That's, that's where my head's at on it. What about you? Would you make any changes at this point? Are there changes to make? Yeah, there are. And I think it's, you're hitting on them both right there a little bit. And it's the question becomes, is it the coaching or is it the personnel? Right. And I, and I think it's okay for it to be both. (laughs) And that's, and that's the whole thing is it feels like a conversation where it gets presented as, Oh, well, it's one or the other. And it's like, no, I think you could have these conversations about what do you do about Haynes? What do you do about the approach to hitting as a group? But it also might be time to say, hey, Rodolfo Castro, you have these ridiculous splits versus lefties and righties already as it is. We're not getting your regular playing time. When you're in there, you're not producing. To me, that screams what these guys always say of like, hey, like when Kanan Smith and Jigba started the year in, in the bigs, it was, no, we want to get him more regular at bats. And I know that that's only at the surface level. There's a lot more that goes in those conversations. But like, Castro, Castro should be playing most days than not. And if he's not and he's producing for you like this, I don't see the purpose of keeping him up there, especially after you call up Nick Gonzalez. Yep. That's that's one that to me seems like an obvious, that's where you should be going with Castro. And if it's not Castro, then it's Bay. But Bay at least gives you the versatility of being able to play center. And right now with Brian Reynolds on the IL, it feels like, okay, well, there's a thought process there. Um, and then with Jack, I mean – He's done this before. He went over 29 last year, but yeah. after he got to over 29, they sent him down to AAA. So, I mean, I, I can't imagine that's in the cards. At least, I mean, I don't know what you think on that one, but just given the body of work this year, what he does, that can't be where I'd go with that sort of thing. No, I, I can't imagine either. So, I mean, uh, once again, I would I would use him more as a rotational player, and I think they've done that to a degree. Mm-hmm. Um you know, if I was going to go down to the minor leagues, and again, that's not the biggest change I would make. I'll get to the biggest change I would make. But if you're going to look at minor league guys, at this point, bring Andy up. I mean, I've sort of been against it, waiting for him to hit. He's hit over his last eight. I think he's like 360 over his last eight. Last eight. That's enough for me. Yeah. That's enough for me. I just, you know, rotate three catchers. I don't need to hang on to Jason DeLay or Austin Hedges. I, that's two guys that should be one spot. I don't care who you keep, who you DFA doesn't matter um you know maybe you just cut your losses with hedges i don't care but if you're not going to score runs you should be looking at places to find runs andy might be one of those he might not be i don't know i'd look at jared triolo's been really hot down there why the heck not i i I don't care i mean we've seen what canon smith and jigba can do we've seen what miguel and duhar can do there's some shreds of good some shreds of bad it's you know it's whatever I'd like to look at some new guys is sort of where I'm at with it. Um, yeah. Play Gonzalez consistently. Don't bench him. What was that? The final game of the series. They sat him like you, yeah. you just call a guy and you pinch hit him late in the end. 
it doesn't feel to me like you're putting a guy in the best position to succeed. They have given Henry at bats and Henry is by and large responded. I would keep doing what you're doing with Henry. I would like to see him catch, but personnel wise, you know, again, I just, I use the phrase looking under rocks and I feel like that's what this needs to be. Just look under more rocks and, and there's nothing there. Just keep going, man. I don't, I, I feel no allegiance to a group that is over 101 other than I think Sawinski has kind of shown what he can be. Like, you're going to ride that out. But, I mean, I send Castro down. Send Bay down. I don't I don't care if that's what you got to do to make your roster work. DFA, one of the catchers, to get Andy up here, I don't care. Um, but you just can't, to me, you can't continue to waste the starting pitching that they got in Miami and actually have gotten some decent starting pitching here. It's really not, that's not been their biggest issue. Their biggest no. issue has been offense and just imagine, man. Imagine if they even got reasonably competent offense. They might have taken three or four in Miami. Yeah. They might have split. You know, you can trace that back further. I think they would have fared a little bit better on the homestand. You'd like their chances going forward if they could score some runs. But, like, right now, their pitchers just have zero margin for error. Right. And that's exactly it. I think th- those points you make there at the end, you can, you know, extrapolate that back to April. The offense wasn't lighting the world on fire, but it was doing enough. You had enough production. A guy like Connor Joe had a great month. Sawinski was swinging a pretty consistent bat, I think you could say, relative yeah. to hidden usually being streaky. That's all it took for them to start 20 and 8 because the pitching yeah. has, by and large, not changed that much. But if, you know, y'all want to be 20 and 8 either, Andrew, I'll take 14 and 14. Yeah. I think a lot of people would right now. That's fine. <laughs> it's all possible. All of it would be possible if you were just scoring some runs and I think a final point just to make about the four guys we've talked about extensively here it's like it's one thing if Austin Hedges exists in a vacuum right if your other eight guys in the lineup are producing and you can work around okay there's one hole but when half your lineup is a hole something has to change and that's why I think the narrative of okay defensive first catcher or um, you know athletic diverse guys that we can move around in the outfield or the infield like, that's all well and good, but if half your lineup is doing that and not producing at all, eventually you have to make changes. It's okay if one guy is a sore thumb. Right now, you kind of have four of them. That's, yeah. that's where I'm at. <laughs> right, you have a whole hand that's damaged at this point. <laughs> um, and that's one of the reasons I'll wrap this up on this. Um, where I wrote the way or what I did about their offensive approach. I feel the way I do about Andy Haynes. I really like Andy Haynes personally. It's absolutely nothing personal. I think he's a very smart guy. I think he's a very smart hitting coach. I don't think there's a thing. It's not an an inability to do the job. But I think what they're preaching approach-wise and what they're trying to do with certain hitters is not landing with this group for whatever reason. I don't know if, like, these kids aren't comfortable working with Haynes. I don't know if guys are too wrapped around the axle and it's too tough to untangle at this point. Um, But my point in making a change and changing the approach I think they need to simplify. I think they need to do things in a different way. I think they need to cling to comfort a little bit. I didn't write this in the piece, but it's something I feel. John Nunnally, and I I know you've heard plenty about Nunnally. Anybody who's talked to a guy who's come up through the pirate system raves about this guy. He's worked with every single one of these hitters, and a lot of them have gotten better throughout the minor leagues, hence why they're here. And, you know, I'd look at doing something like that. It's going to be very difficult to make an in-season move and bring in somebody from the outside and learn all these hitters you know, instantaneously. That doesn't work. Not only already knows all of them, 
Why not do that? Why not change something? Even shoot, even if you're not going to get rid of Haynes, bring in Nunnally as like a consultant, bring them up with the major league club consistently just to change the process and give a different view on it. I just, I don't understand continuing to have the same approach because I, you know, they're trying to be very on base heavy and I think they're walking too much. It's causing some passivity. Um, I think that's the right pronunciation of it. They're just yep. being, you know, they're taking too many darn pitches. It's infuriating to watch. I know feel, fans feel the same way. Just swing the bat. If you go down swinging, whatever, we can live with it. I, I would just like to see them to change the approach. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, no, I mean, it's a great thought there just because exactly any of these guys I've talked to in AAA, that's all they they rave about is how helpful they've been for them getting their swings in a good spot. It's like, yeah, maybe not such a bad idea. And you could present as exactly that of, hey, you know, he's rising through the ranks simultaneous with these guys that were calling up from AAA as like, a, you know, passing of the guard or passing of the baton of, hey, we're easing the transition to the big league level with some familiarity, like. There's so many ways you could you could spin I mean, it. Still being it's new blood helping out the hitting approach. I mean, hockey coaches lose their jobs all the time. I'm not saying it's right, but you're hired to be fired, and yeah. you just extended the manager by at least two years. So, like, what are you gonna do? The offense stinks. It's a natural target. We're not tar- talking about a large leap here. Um, you know, and you have a guy in the minor leagues that knows a lot of these guys intimately. I mean, you could you could sit here and say, okay, well, we're gonna wait till the offseason to make a move like that. Why? Why? You have a great candidate sitting right here. And at the same time, you have a very winnable division. If you could just, as we were talking about a few minutes ago, sprinkle in some offense. I just don't understand it. But you know what they're going to do? Ultimately, Andrew, I'll transition to our next point. Just draft Dylan Cruz. That'll solve all of it. Not as the hitting coach. He would go in the lineup, play some outfield. But if they draft him in two weeks, there, there you go. Just bring him up a week later. Let him, let him, you know, don't even, don't even go to Bradenton. No. You know, bypass everything. We'll see you in Pittsburgh, buddy. What do you yeah. think the odds are of that happening? Oh, I mean, 100%. I mean, you yeah. look yeah. – it, Maybe every, more, maybe 110. Yeah, because every single time that somebody is drafted out of college in baseball history, they go directly to the major leagues. That's obviously – I mean, just something that all, happens every single time. Um, but um, – we're not, we're not making fun of people who think that. Like, I genuinely <laughs> think that Dylan Cruz could help the major league club, like, very soon. I, yeah. I completely agree with that. It was just a, a intentional – exaggeration to bring in our next point which is the mlb draft totally yeah i mean he is as polished a a hitter as we're seeing coming out of the college ranks but it's a it's it's a fun debate because i mean i i talk with a lot of people about it either in the minors or whoever it may be and it's like it is actually somewhat of a debate just in the sense of what this 
franchises, I guess this is kind of going bigger brain thinking, but like what this franchise is in terms of developing hitters versus developing pitchers. And there's an interesting point to be made about, do you go with a guy who can reach triple digits and is a pretty polished pitcher in schemes? It's, I still think that Cruz is probably the likely choice and who they should go with, but I don't know. I'm not so against Skeens. I wouldn't be, if you were a Pirates fan, I wouldn't be so appalled by going with Skeens over Cruz. Okay. What, okay. What, do you, what do you think? Time out. Go for it. What do you, what, what makes you say Cruz? Why do you go Cruz? Um, I would I'm not go, questioning. I'm just going to start a fight. That's all. Okay. So I would go Cruz over Skeens from the sense of you want a polished bat who can get to the big leagues quickly and help you versus okay. an arm that probably will take you a little bit longer and you want to be quicker in the rebuild and you feel like outfield is a deficiency, despite that you have depth, but you feel like outfield hitting specifically is a spot that you can beef up versus catching or infield where you feel like you have a lot of prospects, which I know is not relevant to the schemes discussion, but like yeah. Cruz, Cruz fits what the system is looking for. I agree with you there. And, and ultimately, I don't know. My only hot take on this is that I, I want them to take Cruz or schemes. I wouldn't be disappointed if they took Skeens. I wouldn't be disappointed if they took Cruz. I would be disappointed if they took Max Clark or Wyatt Lankford or anybody else. Yeah. Um, and I agree with you, as I said, with the like system. If you look look at their top, like they're fairly set with pitching. Not that you're ever like set set, but you know, look right. at their top fifteen. You see a lot of names there: Salamedo, Burroughs when he comes back, Chandler theoretically, Jared Jones, um, some guys that I feel really good about. How many power hitting outfielders do they have? And you're going to go all the way down to like, what, Lonnie White Jr., Matt Gorski? I don't know if I feel great about that. And, well, I know I don't feel great about that, especially in the context that I could have Dylan Cruz starting in, you know, nine days or whatever. I do think there's an interesting thing here that we don't necessarily know. Externally, we can know all about Dylan Cruz, the hitter. It's great. Paul Skeen's the pitcher. It's great. I think makeup for both of these kids, great. There's nothing, you know, there's nothing there that's going to be alarming for me. And I also, like, I saw the report of Dylan Cruz, you know, may not sign with the Pirates. And it's, it's nonsense. You know, the, that stuff happens before a draft. You're trying to leverage things. You're trying to drive up value. No, I mean, come on. The, you look at the Pirates signing bonus pool and the allotted money they have. It's the largest ever. Dylan Cruz is going to walk away from this draft with the largest signing bonus ever in the history of the MLB draft by a pretty wide margin. I, I don't think he's going to turn that down if the Pirates select him to go back to college for a senior year and have, you know, basically no financial leverage and take that risk again. That doesn't make sense. Um, but again, I, I, I got off my train of thought here, Andrew, but um, no, oh, what we don't know, I'm talking about externally, like what we know at this point, what we don't know internally though, is what Cruz wants signing bonus wise, what Skeens wants signing bonus wise. And this is the hypothetical that I'll, I'll, I'll throw your way and see if it changes your mind. Right. If you can get Paul Skeens for two million less, two and a half million less, make up a number that is not insignificant, less than Dylan Cruz, does that change your mind? And it might for me. And that's not that's not saying I'm not willing to spend on Dylan Cruz. That's telling me. I can still get a tremendous player that would go 1-1 in any other year and reallocate some of that money to somebody I take in the comp round, the second round, the third round, whatever, to take maybe a high school kid who's thinking about going to college, pay him a little bit more money, 
you know, a la Jared Jones. They did it with Josh Bell. Um, there's probably been one or two more comps recently that aren't in my brain, but like spend that money another way. Yeah, no, it's, it's an interesting point. Cause I mean, we've seen them do it as recent as what, two years ago at the Henry Davis draft, where that was obviously a different situation because there wasn't a true clear cut one, one guy, but you know, you were able to really diversify and spread it around. It's for me, I don't know that it changes my mind just because you already have having done that two years ago where you were able to spread it around and get guys. I think this is, you're now at a point in the rebuild where, I mean, you're always accruing talent. You're always, how many assets can you get the most assets, all of that. But I think in this case, it's, I would still go cruise. I would understand the rationale for schemes, but I'm right there with it. I mean, to me, it's, you have two choices. You can't not make one of them. And if you don't, then I, <laughs> I would think fans have a pretty reasonable argument to be pretty ticked off about that yes. one. Yeah, that would this, not be good. Yeah, this is a non-starter. There are two choices here. You you choose A or B. The option D is neither of them, and that's not an option. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's not great, but uh, luckily it's coming around the corner pretty soon. Be curious to see what they do. Um, it's not the only big event with this team, though. Another point that I wanted to get to on the show, and I guess we, we kind of got through the Cruz and Skeens talk pretty quickly, but there will be a chance to get back to that. Um, another thing that came out yesterday that had my attention, unfortunately, um, was the McCutcheon trade talk stuff. Yeah. Uh, you were probably monitoring that from afar as you were going through travel. Oh, we didn't talk about your yeah. travel delight. Let's do it, man. I'm so excited. <laughs> oh, you're back. You're, you're back out of Miami. So that was good. But what the heck happened down there? Yeah. So, uh, okay. So I'll start at the top. So like, I actually really enjoyed my first three days in Miami. I was close to the beach. I was able to do the, the jogs on the running path, which our colleague Noah Hiles got a real big kick out of. Um, but I enjoyed that part. And then yeah. su- Sunday rolls around, cover the game in that giant indoor ballpark. Yeah. And we look at, we look outside at about three o'clock, four o'clock and it's absolutely downpouring. And I'm thinking, oh, crap, where you are, these flights might be in jeopardy. I'm looking at the phone. I'm getting the weather warning thing. And um, so I look outside again at 5 o'clock, 6 o'clock, hail the Uber, head to the airport. And my flight is good. It's saying you're good to go. You're on track for the 9 a.m. flight. Get you back to Pittsburgh at 1130, direct flight. I'm like, all right, we're doing good. We're doing all right. And I'm sure you've had this ominous feeling before. You're walking around the airport. And you see a desk that has a line of about 500 people long. Yep. The rebooking line. And I'm like, please don't happen to me. Please. Are you praying that that's not your gate? I'm praying. One, I'm praying it's not my gate. And then two, I'm praying as I get to my actual gate, don't send me over there. Please don't send me over there. And I know that even if I'm going to get my flight canceled, like, I'm not. That's a waste of time. That's going nowhere. But, like, you know, when you see that line, it spells trouble. And sit down uh, within probably about four minutes of eating my sandwich that I'd gotten before my flight. Um, yeah, your flight has been canceled. Here are your options for rebooking. Yeah. And I, I click on the app and the options for rebooking were like a half hour later. It took, still took a half hour to generate those. And it says no flights on Monday. We can get you on a 4.10 PM flight that leaves Miami and gets to Pittsburgh after a three hour layover in Atlanta. It gets you to Pittsburgh at midnight on Tuesday night. Good. Yeah. So that's my one option. And if I don't take that, I can get a Wednesday morning direct flight. Um, I wait about two minutes to look on 
the other apps, look at other airlines, go back to the app on uh, American. The Tuesday flight's now gone. So my option is I have to either wait till Wednesday or get a full refund and then look at other airlines and see what I can do. So go for the full refund. Um, oh man, I'm going in depth there. Get the full <laughs> refund. Uh, look at all the other airlines. Uh, Miami, no flights of any kind, any airline on Tuesday. Fort Lauderdale Airport, same thing. And West Palm Beach was my one option. So I got an Uber, went 60, 70 miles north, stayed in the Marriott, crashed, got there like 1130 at night, woke up four hours later, 6 a.m. to Atlanta, Atlanta to Pittsburgh, and now here uh, in the D.C. area visiting my girlfriend on uh, a couple of days off. So that's okay. been my travel time, Jason. <laughs> Good. Sounds delightful. Um, I've been back and forth um, with kids in the living room and kids activities and all that stuff. I'm looking forward to get back to the ballpark tonight. So anyway, we'll move on from that. This is not sports reporters complaining. This is just a look inside and sometimes bad stuff happens and Andrew experienced it. And yep. I hope you don't have to again, buddy. It's never uh, fun. All right. Never, never fun. No. So anyway, yesterday morning, we'll get back to the, the trade talk. We'll finish up with that. Yesterday morning, there comes this thing from MLB networks, John Morosi that the Rangers, have reportedly called and asked on Andrew McCutcheon and the Pirates aren't ready to make a trade. Great. So now this has been translated through the Twitter machine as the Pirates are trading Andrew McCutcheon. Somehow David Bednar gets lumped into this. Um, just <laughs> no, no, no. Um, and so I made a couple points on Twitter, which I understand and believe and, and whatever that one, the front office, whenever they brought Andrew McCutcheon back, they were well aware that you can't trade him again. Like Bob Nutting was explicitly told that, not that he wanted to, but it's just like a conversation that can't trade Kutch. Like, you know, that this is it. He's staying here. Um, you know, McCutcheon is on record with me in Seattle saying, I don't want to play anywhere else. I want to be here, blah, blah, blah. Like, I don't see him having a change of heart. Um, maybe... One of Kutch's kids goes up to him and says, Daddy, I want to see you chase a World Series. Okay, maybe that happens. If Andrew McCutcheon goes to the Pirates and says, hey, I'll come back. I'd really like to you know, go chase a World Series. Can you trade me? I'm sure they would accommodate. That is literally the only avenue for this happening. Yep. The Pirates aren't going to be like, yeah, let's just trade the best, you know, most popular player in franchise history for three decades. Again, in the middle of a rebuild where – like the citizens are irate. Yeah, that would be great plan there. No, it's it's not happening. But we should probably prepare. Teams are going to call and express interest. McCutcheon is having a very good year. He's an attractive commodity. He's on an expiring affordable contract. He's a tremendous player. He's a tremendous clubhouse presence, leadership, fun, every box you'd want to check. So people are going to want him. That doesn't mean the Pirates are shopping him or actively looking to trade him. It was just like, you know, big old face palm from yours truly seeing that. So that was, that was fun. Yeah, great stuff. It's just, it's exactly what it is. It's if McCutcheon wants to go and chase a World Series, by all means. But that's his, I feel like he's earned that being his call. And he's, and I don't think he wants there. that. No. I, I mean, yes, he wants to chase a World Series. I don't think he wants to do that at the expense of like, playing here around his family, seeing everybody being in, like the dude genuinely likes it. Yeah. And he's playing well and he's enjoying like, it's, I don't know. To me, it's a, it's a non-starter. And when it happens, if it happens, great. Then we go from there. But until then, 
it's it's a nothing burger. That's that's how I kind of evaluate the situation. That was my I, I go through this every year, Andrew, where and I'll probably get more agitated as we near closer to the trade deadline where just stupid crap comes out. Just like you're trying to, you know, put something out there to move the needle to. to I mean, even just outright speculation is better than that stuff. Like that was almost presented as news. Mm-hmm. Um, at least that was my interpretation of it. Maybe I should ease off. But like it, it, it's just stuff comes out that you need to. If the report is that the Pirates are shopping McCutcheon, that's substantial. You know, if the Pirates have told teams that Andrew McCutcheon is available and they're willing to trade him, that's news. That, that, that's significant and would rightfully ignite the fan base. That's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about another team calling and expressing interest in the Pirates saying, we're not ready to deal with deal McCutcheon. You know, of, co- of course that's what they're going to say. And then there was some other thing where, like, the Rangers would be intrigued by a pitcher being a part of the deal. Yeah, a lot of teams would be intrigued <laughs> by a pitcher being a part of the deal, especially if it was fictitiously David Bednar. Yes, that sounds like a great plan. Would you be interested in winning the Powerball and inheriting a yacht? I'm sure you <laughs> would, but that doesn't mean that's what's going to happen. Yeah, yeah it's it's an unbelievably unspecific of, hey, well, there's 13 arms over there. I'm sure one of them will be there. Oh, yeah, it's, Bednar is the one we'll speculate about. It's, yeah. yeah uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I guess they weren't in, they weren't interested in acquiring Rob Zestrisny. <laughs> hey, it's still rehabbing back, man. You got to wait until you, you deal him, right? Got it. Yeah, yeah. You want to get let him get some some track record there. Okay, so that you bring up a good point, and we'll close on this. Um, is there anything they can do with the deadline? Like logically, like we're we're throwing water on the gutsy stuff. What do they do at the deadline? What should they do? Um, the one move to me that I think everybody's kind of thinking about, right, is you probably deal Rich Hill, right? Yeah. I mean, I mean that's kind of the all the same points you made about McCutcheon, expiring contract, affordable performance. Every team in baseball who's competing seemingly wants a fourth or a fifth starter who can eat innings, give you innings. Hill's probably the guy. Um, beyond that, I know you've written about this a little bit, but I mean, Carlos Santana has been great defensively, but the hitting hasn't been great. He's a guy that you could move theoretically. I know teams have done that in the past, but I guess it's all, all of these moves are to say like, who do you get in return? And I know that's not going to impact things tremendously because they are expiring deals. The leverage isn't that huge, but um, beyond those two, no names really truly jump off the page for me. Vince Velazquez would have been another if he was healthy, but here we are. So, yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do much more than that. I wouldn't trade Bednar. I don't think they have any interest in doing that. I wouldn't trade Keller. I don't have any interest in doing that. He'll, you know, this is all assuming this current tra- trajectory continues too. Right. right? Like if, if they, if they're far out of it, if they're clearly sellers, you know, trade Hill. I think, I do think they could get something for Santana. Not a lot, but you know, there's leadership, there's clubhouse stuff there. Somebody, you know, a team like the Mariners last year, like they found value there. Yeah, the OPS isn't as high as you would like, but I mean, he's legitimately a gold glove candidate at first base. Like that's not even hyperbole. He's been really good over there. So I I think they could do something, but you know, you're not going to get anything for Hedges. You're not going to get anything for Connor Joe. His contract isn't expiring, but you know, he's somebody that I don't totally get the fit with. You know, obviously Velasquez is hurt. G-Man Choi, I mean, Maybe I'd like to think they could, but I don't, I'm not terribly optimistic. It's just, it's, it's kind of tough 
sledding for them and what they can do. And, you know, I'd like to see them play better ball and get in a position where they could just stand pat at the deadline. They don't have to have a fire sale. I just, I don't have a ton of confidence that's going to happen. And, you know, I think we'll probably get to the point where we're talking more about a Hill trade, a Santana trade and, and trying to backfill. So, all right, you're off today. I have some things to do before heading out to the ballpark today. It'll be good to get back to PNC. Hopefully this R word isn't used anymore. Stupid wet stuff looking out my window and it's not good. So anyway, good talk. Uh, we will reconvene at the ballpark this week. Enjoy your day, man. We'll do to you as well, Jason, hold down the, I know you will, but hold down the fort for, uh, for us there. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't know if Michael McHenry would like that. He might really get mad if I tried to hold him down at the ballpark. I don't know <laughs> if I'm strong enough to do that either, but we'll see. Anyway, thank you for watching the post Gazette YouTube um, podcast. You can, Click. What, what do I say there? Click. I got click you. The link in the bottom. Click link in the bottom, and yep. uh, don't forget to subscribe. Six dollars, six months of access. See, that's why you normally command these things. <laughs> it was fun switching it up. This was good, man. I enjoyed All it. All right. Next week, we'll talk to you next week. Talk to you then. Thank you for checking out this content from Post Gazette Sports. If you liked the video, please like it and subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you enjoyed it on Apple Podcasts, please rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts. For six months of digital access to post-gazette.com for just $6, click the link down in the description.